everyone, and welcome to our ninth edition of Clissa's Mic Drop. It's been a tough first eight weeks for our podcast. The Broncos are two and six. They had their third uh, defeat in similar fashion, basically a field goal in the final seconds, and uh, the Broncos lose the game. Uh, the Chicago Bears, they're leading a walk-off field goal. They lose. Jacksonville Jaguars, they're leading, uh, or it's tied, I should say. Garner Minshew leads them down in the field goal range. Uh, field goal at the buzzer, they lose. And then Adam Vinatieri, with 22 seconds left, kicks a uh, over 50-yard field goal. I think they, they made it a 51. Uh, might have been 52, but in any event, Adam Vinatieri, uh, who's 46 years old and looked like it during the game, missing an extra point and missing a 45-yard field goal, comes through in the clutch. Not the first time someone has said that about Vinatieri. He will be a Hall of Fame kicker, joining uh, Jan Stinnerud uh, in, that, in that group. So um, the Broncos lose uh, by a score of 15-13. to 13 against the Indianapolis Colts. The Broncos uh, did not trail in that game until the final 22 seconds. Uh, they, so they, from the time they scored, they were leading the whole game. Really, they dominated the game to go up 13-3 to uh, after their first drive in the third quarter. And then, once again, they do nothing on offense. And it was a shame on that third and five at the Colts 43 at the two-minute warning that the Broncos didn't show a little more gumption. What I had heard had happened on that is there's a little miscommunication between uh, Vic Fangio and uh, Rick Scangarillo. Uh, Scangarillo might have thought that there was uh, it was four down territory, so he ran on third down with the idea he was going to get a fourth down. Fangio uh, told us at his press conference on Monday that had it been fourth and one, fourth and two, he would have gone for it. Uh, turned out to be like a fourth and five play, so uh, that didn't work out for the Broncos. Uh, Flacco, Joe Flacco, as you know, um, kind of ripped the play calling, the overall picture of the offense. Not, a not play calling per se. He wanted things more aggressive. Why not now that we're two and six? I know a lot of people uh, thought it was suspicious that Joe had a, basically a season-ending injury the next day. Uh, but trust me, he was up there thinking he was not seriously hurt, even though in the locker room, after his press conference, I was talking to him one-on-one -on -one at his locker, he could barely move his neck. He was moving uh, with a very pronounced, his shoulders were moving, not his neck, uh, not his head. So he was in uh, discomfort for sure in the locker room. There is a herniated disc, and no, that has nothing to do with the fact he popped off. Had he not been hurt, he would have been starting this week against the Cleveland Browns, I promise you. Uh, the Broncos uh, trying to get every win they can. Uh, now, with the injury, Brandon Allen will be quarterbacking against uh, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, the other aspect of that game against the Colts, as we review, was the big uh, miss sack by Vaughn and the wonderful throw that Brissett made on the run to T.Y. Hilton for 35 yards that put the Colts in position followed by the 15-yard uh, horse collar by uh, Alexander Johnson. It's just uh, so similar on uh, <clears throat> some of these other losses at the Broncos. It's almost like it's the same uh, last chapter to uh, three of their losses with a big penalty being involved, um, uh, a, a sack negated, 
and uh, big plays uh, by the opponents, and then a, a, a nice field goal uh, by the opponent. Uh, I, you know, some long field goals at the end at that. So uh, talk to Vaughn uh, today about the hand warmer. He had his hand on the hand warmer. He said it happened to him twice, but uh, he said he should have slowed his tempo down on Brissett. He should have known he was tough from when he played him two years ago. So uh, that was unfortunate. Brissett, six foot four, 231 pounds. The Denver D bottled him up all day. He said it was the best defense he had played all year, and yet he was able to make the play of the game when he got out of Vaughn's grasp. Derek Wolf was right there too, and uh, and then with. Uh, uh, Chris Harris one-on-one -on, -one on T.Y. Hilton. Hilton broke off his route, uh, came back for the ball, and got a 35-yard completion. Broncos lose. They're two and six. Corey Webster, or Corey Nelson, I should say, uh, special teamer for the Broncos. He's out for the season with torn biceps. And so uh, now with uh, Flacco down, uh, we have a new quarterback situation. And I'm going to get to that on the other side of our interview with our special guest, Deontay Spencer. Pay attention here. Deontay has a, a wonderful story, a tragic story uh, from his childhood involving his father. He's overcome a lot. He gives a lot of credit to his strong mom, uh, older sister, for helping him, raising him the right way. Played football at, uh, he played everything, baseball, basketball, and football in high school at New Ibera, uh, Louisiana. Went to McNeese State. Wound up uh, for four years in the Canadian Football League. He was a heck of a receiver and returner. And uh, he's been a very good returner. The best since Trendon Holiday, by far, uh, for the Broncos. So uh, enjoy the interview with uh, Deontay Spencer, a good kid, a heck of a returner. And he's now being used more as a running back and receiver, kind of a playmaker type role for the Broncos, and see if he gets the ball more going forward now that Brandon Allen will be replacing Joe Flacco as quarterback. So stay tuned. We'll be back on the other side. Deontay, welcome to the cave. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, tell us uh, a little bit about yourself growing up in Louisiana. You know, I'm a New Iberia homegrown kid. Louisiana, um, you know, I grew up, you know, my mom and my sister, and, uh, you know, throughout my life, I always played sports, um, and, you know, that was kind of my outlet, you know, my dad was incarcerated for a long period of time, and sports was, sports and school was kind of my, you know, my, my outlet, you know, I focused on that a lot, and, uh, you know, my family and, and a whole, they made sure that, you know, I was going in, in the right direction. Um, you know, to be successful. So, you know, I'm a mama's boy. Uh, yeah. I uh, went to McNeese State University right up down, right down the road. So I, I was always close to home. And, you know, I just in, enjoy, you know, having fun. Um, and, you know, sports is kind of, you know, what I've always been surrounded around. So um, grew up pretty, pretty good as a kid. So. Your dad, um, was that, how did you handle that with your dad? He was in prison, then he winds up, uh, you had told me earlier he got killed. Yes, sir. Uh, how tough was that for you? How much was he in your life? Um, it was tough, you know, just because, like I said, growing up, being in sports a lot, you always kind of see your friends with that father figure always being around and growing up. 
But my mom and my family, you know, they were strong and, and they made sure, you know, I had all the support that I needed. Uh, and, you know, once I got older, you know, me and my dad, we had a, a good relationship. I would always go see him while he was in, in prison. And, uh, you know, he would always preach to me, can't stop, won't stop. And, uh, you know, that's kind of something I, I've molded and instilled in myself, you know, just continue to work hard no matter what it is in life. And, uh, you know, I feel like it's, it's paid off. So, um, you know, it was, it was tough growing up, you know, but once he came home, you know, I would always, he was a barber, so I would always, you know, get a chance to, to go there, cut my hair, just be around him. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where you kind of sit back and as you get older, you learn from, you know, the mistakes he made and, you know, you grow from that. So um, it was it was big, uh, you know, not having him, but I also learned a lot from it. So how old were you when you lost him? Um, I was I think I was three years old. OK, I was three years old. So um, the memory wasn't, you know, fully there as a, as a child. But, you know, once I was old enough to, to able to go visit him, um, yeah. that's what kind of. Uh -huh. You know, made it even even closer. So, knowing that he would be getting out, and you know, just seeing seeing him, you know, having that chance to to actually hug him and and be, you know, with him, it was it was a great it was a great thing when he got home. Sports wise, it was uh, baseball, basketball, and football. Yeah, you played all three. All three. Yeah. What were you in baseball? I played center field, left field, and you know, most of the time I. Either let off or I was gonna say lead off and stole yeah. and stole a base. Yeah, always, always <laughs> was trying to steal bases. So, um, yeah, baseball was you know I felt like that was kind of like my first first love yeah. of you know sports, and uh, basketball played point guard and shooting guard and you know um, actually won a state championship my freshman year. So mm. in basketball, in basketball in high school. So and in football, I pretty much played you know everything trying to find a position uh i saw you were a quarterback your senior year yeah all state all honors all that stuff. <laughs> yeah yeah so uh i did all that man i pretty much played everything in high school and uh you know once i went to college i had to find a position so um i chose to play wide out so so did you did you tell uh, coach fangio and uh, coach scangarello <laughs> let's go with the wildcat coach i know how to do it <laughs> nah, I, I didn't say it, but, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, maybe we might could throw that in there. So. Yeah, yeah. They've been using you as a weapon, as a versatile multi-threat weapon, running the ball, uh, receiver out of the backfield, yes, and you sir. do pretty well. And then we don't see you the rest of the game. Maybe yeah. we'll see you a little bit more, but you are starting to become more of an offensive threat. Yes, sir. I mean, you know, whatever my job is on that side of the ball, like I said, I'm going to do it my, my best and whatever they ask for, of me to do. Um, I'm gonna try to go out there and make plays. So right now it's about learning my role, um, you know, being comfortable with the offense and, you know, having trust in, in them to put me in. So that's all it is. And uh, I feel like that comes with time and eventually, you know, my role is gonna expand. So. Out of McNeese State, you had a, a, you know, a little tryout there with the St. Louis Rams, right? Didn't work out and you wind up in the Canadian Football League. Yes, and a lot of people don't even want to go to the Canadian f Football League. They think yeah. cold yeah. weather. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. Tell us, tell us how that experience was those four years. It was, I feel like, you know, going to the CFL kind of, you know, changed my whole uh, aspect of, you know, football and in life in general because I had never been that far away from home. And I was pretty scared, you know, I was pretty scared to go there. 
And once I got there, I realized that, you know, this can uh, jumpstart my career, you know, like if I put my best foot forward and, you know, put 100% into this, um, I could, you know, be where I want to be. So going up there, you know, I learned just more about me as a person and as a player. And, you know, I had great, a great four years out there. So um, I feel like that, you know, kind of helped also shape me into, you know, the player I am and the person I am today. So. You weren't just a returner either. You had a lot of success as a receiver. How do you consider yourself? More receiver and, and returner, something that you're good at? or I just, yeah. I would say I'm, I just like to say I'm a playmaker. You know, mm-hmm. what I feel like anywhere I'm on the field, um, you know, my job is to make plays. So, um, you know, I feel like I've been doing that my whole life, uh, just trying to make plays and, you know, be a playmaker. So, you know, that when the Broncos picked you up, I, First time, first practice, they gave you like 12 balls, 12 punts, yeah. right in front of the media. <laughs> like, here he is, Deontay Spencer. And everyone just kind of clicked off the bottom of your shoulder pads right into your sternum. And and true. They've had trouble with returners catching the ball, number one, here. Yes, and if they can't catch the ball, they can't return. So you're the first one uh, that uh, the Broncos have had in a few years that can – that can do both. Where did you get the catching the ball? Because I know you do it on purpose, clicking right off the bottom of the pads. Yeah, I mean, it was it was something I had to, you know, get adjusted to because I never, like growing up, I never, you know, prided myself in being a punt returner. And once I, you know, got to, to college, I didn't really start doing it until maybe my junior year. So um, it was one of those things where when I got to the NFL, it was like, all right, any way I can make the team, I'm, you know, I'm gonna try to make the team. So um, that was my that was my niche, and I knew that would you know help me make a football team. So I just started priming myself into it, you know, um, getting adjusted to you know how the how the ball comes off the punter's foot, um, and just trying to catch it in the same spot all the time. So I feel like if you want to be a good punt returner, you know, it's it's about being comfortable and securing the catch at first. So um, you know that's what I try to do. A lot of the new safety rules in the NFL have come on that kickoff. So you're coming in at the right time, you know. It's, yeah. it's a little safer on the kickoff return than it, than it used to be. Which do you prefer, though, kickoff or the punt return? I, was, I like kickoff return um, just because, you know, I can see pretty much the whole field. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a more of a scheme behind things also on that side, you know, kickoff. And it's a lot more space. So... You know, with punt return, you know, the punter can try to punt you, put you on one side of the field, kind yeah. of box you in. But sometimes on kickoff return, a lot, lot more space and you can uh, have a little more room to, to wiggle around. So. I know you got a little guff for catching the ball a couple couple punts inside the uh, five. I wondered if the CFL had something to do with it. Wider field, deeper end zone, you got more space. Uh, maybe they encourage uh, catching the ball closer to the goal line. Um, it was one of those things where, you know, I was just trying to make a play for my team. Mm. And, you know, at the, at the moment, you're not really thinking too much about it. Um, but, you know, in this football game, it's a lot about field position. So you got to be smart. And it's one thing, you know, once I, you know, made the mistakes, you know, Coach, Coach Tom, he, he told me, you know, you got to be smart back there. So now I pride myself in, you know, trying to get in early um, and just studying, you know, um, where I'm at on the field 
and, you know, just making sure I'm putting my offense in a good field position. So it's something now that, you know, I'm always thinking about. And uh, like I said, when the plays, they're going to come. So just being back there, being patient and trusting myself. So I gave you the CFL as an excuse. You didn't take it. Yeah, no, I can't, I can't make I can't I can't take that as an excuse. So, um, you know, just got to be smart back there. Um, you know, and it's kind of one of those things where you know I believe so much in myself. Um, you know, sometimes it's not always the time. You know, to make big plays. Sometimes you got to just take take what they give you. Tell us about the mood in the in the locker room. I know you got to be ex- just happy with every day that you're in the NFL after fighting so hard to get here. Yes, sir. Uh, but the rest of the team, two and six, Emmanuel's gone, Chris was almost gone. You've had some just gut-wrenching defeats, yeah. three of them in the, in the last second. Tell us about the atmosphere behind closed doors. Um, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where when you lose tough football games like, like we have, um, you got you to gotta learn from it, and you can either go downhill from it or you can go up. So I feel like the spirit is, is always up in the locker room. Um, you know, it's hard to win those football games. It's just the close ones in the NFL. But guys, you know, we rally around ourselves and, you know, we just try to make the best out of it. We come in every day and just from a receiver room uh, aspect of it, you know, we just always say, man, we're blessed. Blessed to be here. Blessed to, you know, be playing a game that we love. We're healthy and we get to come in and do, you know, what we love every single day. So, um, you know, if we continue to work hard um, and just put our best foot forward, no matter what happened in the past, you know, the future is, is always bright, you know, so um, that's how we try to approach every single day. And, you know, guys in the locker room, I still see smiles. I still see the up, the upbeat, you know, guys still, you know, trying to have fun and trying to just enjoy this whole moment. So, um, you know, we can't dwell on the past, just trying to, you know, worry about the future. And, you know, if we can get this win this week, go into the bye, come back rejuvenated, um, you know, the sky's the limit. Your quarterback is Brandon Allen. Uh, you know him probably better than Cortland does and uh, Deshaun does. Tell us what you think uh, having practiced with him for eight weeks now. Yeah, you know, you know, I've got some work with him, you know, just running the scout team. And, you know, he's a guy that's going to give you a chance. He's going to, um, you know, create plays um, for the offense, move around. And, you know, we as receivers have to be ready for that, you know, plays – are never dead, and uh, you know I feel like he's going to come in and do a good job. You know, just seeing how he prepares and how he approaches the football game, it kind of makes you want to um, even be more in tune, in depth of what you have to do and be in the right position for him. So I think we'll be fine. And uh, you know, just seeing what I've seen from him so far, I think he's going to do a good job. Deontay, thank you. Welcome back to Chris's Mic Drop. Hope you enjoyed that interview I had with Deontay Spencer, a, a good guy, a heck of a punt returner and kickoff returner for the Broncos. And he's also uh, been effective um, in, in a flanker role, if you will. Uh, I'm an old school guy. They used to call that, uh, that uh, receiver off the line the flanker. And uh, from the flanker position, uh, he can run the reverse. He can swing out, catch the pass, and get upfield. Uh, Spencer has pretty good yards per touch average for the Broncos on offense. See, with uh, Brandon Allen playing quarterback, 
instead of Joe Flacco, that they don't use Deontay Spencer a little more than they have the last couple of weeks. Brandon Allen is the story. Joe Flacco, not the quarterback. He's out at least six weeks with a herniated disc. And from what I've been told, he more than likely will be going on the injured reserve list. And Brett Rippon will be called up from the practice squad to uh, become the Broncos' backup. Drew Locke has not practiced yet. Uh, they want him to practice all he can. So they're going to wait till uh, after the bye. The Broncos play the Cleveland Browns this week. Then it's the bye. Then they play the Minnesota Vikings. Drew Locke will practice that week. He'll practice the week against the uh, – he'll practice against, uh, who is it, the Buffalo Bills, and, and he won't dress. And then uh, against the Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers at home, I do anticipate Drew Locke being activated and being the team's number two quarterback. So Rippon will be the backup for three weeks, um, maybe four, and um, – and then um, and, and should be Brandon Allen, the starter. And I do think the, the plan right now, look for Drew Locke to play the last two games of the season for the Broncos at home against the Lions and the Raiders. That's the plans now. Plans have a way of changing. Against uh, the Browns, boy, I was really looking forward to this game when it first came on the schedule just because of all the hype around the Cleveland Browns. They made some nice offseason additions, most notably uh, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, receiver to go along with Baker Mayfield. And Baker, after a, a very nice, promising rookie year, has fell on his face uh, uh, in his uh, sophomore year. He has had the proverbial sophomore jinx. Baker Mayfield, get, th get this, six touchdowns, 12 interceptions. No one has that terrible of a touchdown-to-interception ratio. One to two is just unacceptable in the NFL. It gets you benched if you're not the number one overall draft pick as Baker was last year. So he's really struggling. Uh, I thought there's one thing about Baker's game last year I didn't like. He threw the ball on a line. Uh, downfield he threw the ball on a line. He's got to put more air under the ball. And uh, that was, that's what I saw last year. He got away with a lot of those 50-50 balls last year with his receivers coming down with it. Apparently that's not the case. They see a guy uh, uh, worth or that's uh, vulnerable to the pick and defenses are adjusting to him. See if next year he adjusts back to the NFL defenses. Should be an exciting game. The Broncos, because Flacco got hurt and Brandon Allen has zero NFL experience as far as playing time, a three-and-a-half-year backup or number three quarterback but has not even taken a kneel down, uh, he will be uh, getting, making his NFL debut halfway through his fourth NFL season. He was drafted in the seventh round by Jacksonville in 2016. He winds up with the Los Angeles Rams uh, the previous couple years. Uh, Broncos played against him in a preseason game. He moved around well. He knew the offense that is similar. Uh, Sean McVay offense similar to that of uh, what Scangarello runs here with the Broncos. So that's why the Broncos claimed him off waivers to replace uh, um, uh, Kevin Hogan as their backup quarterback. We'll see how Brandon Allen does. And then Brett Rippon, undrafted rookie from Boise State. Um, not going to just make that $146,000 practice squad salary anymore. He'll make the pro-rated 
salary that comes with a, uh, a rookie that is on the 53-man roster. The, the spread went from the Broncos being a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Flacco goes down, Allen in. Now the Browns are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, I tell you what, uh, here's, here's the way I see the game in a nutshell. Uh, the Broncos have an unknown quarterback. The Browns have the worst quarterback, at least statistically. Given those two options, I'll take the unknown. <laughs> it's got to be better than the worst. So uh, I, I'll, I'll take the Broncos in this game. Listen to my uh, uh, Notes uh, version on 9 News to give you the tips on what the Broncos must do to upset uh, the Browns at home on Sunday. It's one of the – the Broncos, uh, you know, you kind of look at the schedule going forward and you – you really only see three or three three more wins. You know, I uh, you know they're two and six now, five and eleven, six and ten is the absolute best they can get. This is one of the winnable games. The Chargers at home is another winnable game, and then the last two of the season against the Lions, who ha who always historically have a way of beating themselves, and against the Raiders. Uh, those are the four winnable games. Not saying the Broncos are going to win all four. But those are the four where they're going to have a shot. It's going to be tough for them on the other side of the bye to win at Minnesota against a tough Viking team, to win at Buffalo against a tough Bills team. Although with Josh Allen at quarterback, there's a chance the Bills can beat themselves in that game. Uh, then you've got at Houston. If Deshaun Watson is healthy, Broncos aren't winning that game. And then at Kansas City, if Patrick Mahomes is back, the Broncos are not winning that game at Arrowhead in December. So that's it. Uh, Broncos against Baker and the Browns. Uh, it is uh, Brandon and the Broncos against Baker and the Browns this Sunday at Empower Field at Mile High. Thanks for listening to Cliss's uh, uh, mic drop. We won't have this next week. We're going to take a bye also. But our very uh, uh, much uh, thanks to our special guest, Deontay Spencer, for joining us. And I uh, hope you enjoyed it. And have a good week, everyone. And we'll see you Sunday. Browns versus the Broncos.